Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the chaotic birth of baby Jesus. Here's what you need to know. Nowadays... It's fashionable for a pregnant person to decide their ideal birth plan, the most important details being where and with whom they'd prefer to give birth. Hospital with an OBGYN? Birth center with a midwife? At-home water birth? How about in a barn, after being dragged on a road trip by your fiancé? Mmm. Arguably, the most famous birth story in the world is that of baby Jesus, born to a virgin mother, Mary, and her betrothed, Joseph, in a stable in late December because, as the story goes, there was no room at the inn. All of this begs the question, what exactly was Mary and Joseph's original birth plan? Unfortunately, no one ever got a chance to ask them, and it was nearly 90 years after Jesus' birth that Luke and Matthew wrote their version of the event in the Bible. Reminder, they hadn't been there for the birth, but Luke and Matthew's versions are similar enough that everyone agrees on the following details. 
Joseph and Mary, who were engaged, traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem while Mary was very pregnant with someone else's child, essentially so that they could register with the census in order to be taxed. They tried to find a place to stay, but all the inns were booked. Apparently, it was a busy time for travel. One generous innkeeper mercifully offered them shelter in the adjacent stable, where they'd share communal quarters with the horses, sheep, and other livestock. The timing worked out well, because Mary went into labor. It was a boy. In fact, it was the Son of God. This was confirmed by an angel, who, like a soothing Mary Poppins, came down from heaven to clear things up and let them know that everything would be okay. Thousands of years later, this wild birth story is the center of one of the biggest Christian holidays, an engine that drives a trillion-dollar industry. The nativity scene is a mainstay of Christmas and has inspired countless works of art, music, and folklore. Some scholars argue that the details of Jesus' birth as we know them aren't historically accurate. Did the three kings actually come to visit? And were Joseph and Mary at an inn, or were they staying with relatives? Hard to imagine that Luke and Matthew could get things wrong with no first-person account 90 years after the event. Ah, if only we could ask Mary to tell us the story herself. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats The nativity story found in the Bible originated with two authors of the Gospels, Matthew and Luke, who wrote their separate accounts 85 to 90 years after Jesus' birth. Although Christians celebrate on December 25th, no one knows when Jesus was actually born. Some scholars believe that the actual date was in the early spring. The church in Rome began formally celebrating Christmas on December 25th in the year 336, during the reign of the Emperor Constantine. The popular nativity scene we know originated in 1223 with St. Francis of Assisi when he staged a manger with hay and two live animals, an ox and an ass, in a cave. He then invited the villagers to come gaze upon the scene while he preached about the Babe of Bethlehem. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is... Amanda Lund. Hello, Rebecca, Chris, Clayton, and Alarmy. It's so good to be back. Hi, it's nice Yay. to meet you. <laughs> nice, yeah, nice to meet you all. This is Chris, <laughs> if you haven't met him before. <laughs> um, she's back, baby. Amanda, why don't you uh what have you been up to these uh past two months? Um, I gave birth to the Messiah. <laughs> what? Thank, thank Amanda. <laughs> Not thank news. God, thank Amanda. That's right. That's right. No, I I was I've been on maternity leave. So I had a little baby girl on October 1st and and I've just been hanging out at home keeping that baby alive. It's been so amazing. That's uh I mean, thank you for your work mm. and for your contribution. You know, October 1st, big big day for humankind. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll put put that on the calendar, everyone. <laughs> um, I have a question. This yeah. is sort of a hotly debated issue, but who mm. during during the birth giving process, who works harder, would you say, the the <laughs> husband or the wife or the baby or the or uh. the, the give the birth giving person or or the doctor? Partner? Or the, doc the doctor in the there? Do it's not the doctor because the doctor sure, sure. comes in like right at the end just to kind of catch the baby. And then. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So but but she is was running back and forth between multiple births. And at one point they were like, I was pushing. Sorry, I'm getting right into these details. <laughs> I was, Chris asked. Chris asked. Yeah. Where I, was um, I was pushing and the nurse was like, oh, you're going to take a quick break. And the doctor was gone. I was like, where'd the doctor go? And they go, she had to jet over to the other hospital real quick and break someone's <gasps> water. She'll be right Mother back. hospital. And she was back in like three minutes. Wow. Wow. It was that crazy. would stress me out. I would be like, they're not in the building. They weren't even totally. they weren't in the building. She wow. had like gotten into a car. I wonder if she thought she could get away with it. She's like, Shh, I'll be right back. <laughs> Maybe don't tell her. <laughs> uh, I wonder. I was wondering if there was an underground series of of tunnels that like um, air controlled tunnels that they can shoot back and forth to the hospitals. That would be an interesting. 
mm-hmm. scenario, Amanda. Any thoughts on that? I I greenlit. Okay. <laughs> you greenlit the, the tunnels? Yeah. I'll invest in that. <laughs> I'm sitting on some cash. Tunnels for doctors. <laughs> Giving yourself some nice, you're paying yourself some nice fat maternity leave checks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it's all coming out of the alarmist bank. <laughs> oh, nice. We did notice it was a little light this month. We were wondering. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm taking my full salary. <laughs> I guess the Messiah needs the, uh, um, needs the, the, the funding. Yeah. Um, and that is just a perfect, perfect transition. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Have you missed that, Amanda? These amazing transitions. <laughs> They've only been getting worse. They actually have been getting better. But she, what what Rebecca will do will she'll say the transition, pause, and wait for some kind of recognition of how good the transition is, and and then you have to kind of be like, yeah, that was good, but we were going to continue on with the. The whole point is to get to the other subject. To seamlessly transition, right. but you like to put a little pause in there for acknowledgement. <laughs> an applause. I, yeah. I'm just an waiting applause. for the applause. <laughs> an applause pause. It's her morning moment of validation. <laughs> right. It's um, good. People expect it now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure everyone is applaud- applauding like at home as they're listening to it. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Okay, okay. S- settle down. Settle down. Um, <laughs> now... I think, you know, up first for baby Jesus. I mean, happy holidays, everyone. Merry Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. Um, We're so excited to be doing, you know, talking about this, you know, special, very special episode. Um, And up first, let's put the Roman census up on the board. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I did Um, not know this. I'm not... I wasn't brought up very religious, so this uh, stuff is fun for me to hear about because it does feel like fairy tales and folklore. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, see, I was brought up a Catholic. I went to Catholic school, so I've been studying the, the census since I was just a child. <laughs> the Roman census. The Roman yes, it's census. part of it. It's like day one in school, welcome to school. We're talking about the census. I had no clue what it was. It was just a plot point in what I knew was a very important story. Mm. I guess we should have. Yeah, I, I also was brought up Catholic, but uh, I, I, I'm a CCD taught. So, oh, I see. But CCD. <laughs> it's, a, you know, like a Catholic school where you go after school. It's, so if you don't go to oh. if you don't go to Catholic school, if you go to public school, then you can do CCD afterwards. I see. I and know you that. Still, okay. You know, get your sacraments or whatever. But it's usually taught by like a board. Um, right. A college student who's in the youth, you know, right. <laughs> who like leads the youth group or, you know, uh, a, a mom, like a just a, a frazzled mom who's yelling at all the kids to, you know, sit down and stop talking. I had a Catholic education my whole life all through high school. So I'm kind of an expert in what we're going to be talking about today. So I am going to shut off my internet and all my fact checking will be done internally. <laughs> well, I Amanda's also it. an expert. Yeah. On birth plans. <laughs> <laughs> we got our bases covered. Okay. What the okay, hell is the Roman okay, census? Okay. Roman census. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, according to Luke. Uh, the big uh, famous Luke. In those days, <laughs> <laughs> the big dog the, doesn't need doesn't need a last name. He's a number two. They go. It goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Number three. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, in those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. All the world. This was the first registration and was taken while. Carinius, mm-hmm. do we know the name of this? Carinius uh, was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descendant from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and was expecting a child. However, historically, there is no evidence that there was a Roman census happening at the time of Jesus's birth. Raymond Edward Brown, who's the author of An Adult Christ at Christmas, said there are formidable historical difficulties about every facet of Luke's description and dating of the Quirinius census. Minor difficulties are that there are was no single census of the whole Roman Empire under Augustus, and that there is no evidence that Roman censuses required one to go to one's place of ancestry unless one had property there. More serious is Luke's connection between the reign of Herod and Great 
and uh, Herod the Great, Luke states Jesus was born during his reign, and that the census under and the census was under Quirinius. Okay. Uh, Herod died in 4 BC. Quirinius became governor in Syria and conducted the first Roman census of Judea in AD 6 to 7. So sometime around AD 6 to 7. So the timing is historically, yeah, but we're, so, okay, so this is one of those episodes that's like, there's the Bible version and then the historical version, and we're going to be riding the line. Well, it's yeah. good you got an expert as a guest. <laughs> That's right. Someone That's who right. Knows so when how to was Jesus born? Well. <laughs> That's right. So you know there was. It, it's disputed whether this Roman census. I, I think it it happened at some point, but it's disputed that the two things happened at once, and that was the reason why. You know, it, it almost feels like Luke was like, oh, yeah, you guys remember that Roman census that happened a few years ago? <laughs> I mean, this is like, you know, 90, 90 years, years ago. ago. <laughs> but he's like, oh, remember the one like that time our grandparents had to go to the Roman census? That was crazy. Oh, my God. OK, so here's the pitch. Jesus is born on the day w- while they're trying to get to the census. It feels like a really great writer's room. I wish we could see. <laughs> <laughs> The right, the, you know, the Bible's room, the writer's, writer's room. room. Oh yeah, I have some pitches. <laughs> yeah, same. Now, are they coming up with a census as a way to explain why Joseph was just ran, was walking around or just trying to find why they were traveling? Why they were traveling? Is that is that sort of what the effort is here? Feels like it. Mm-hmm. It makes for um, a compelling story. I mean, things happen when you're when you when you travel when you are moving from one place to other. That's where like unexpected things happen, right? That's right. drama. I think right. also, you know, it's like when I think of a census, I think like boring, right? Like a census yes. isn't like, <laughs> a, I don't know, a tornado or something. However, totally different thing. Yeah. Yeah. I realize now as an adult that the, the census is actually super important. And back mm. in Jesus's time, I'm sure it was like the biggest event of their lifetime was the census where it's like you have to leave and go to where you were born and everyone had to do it. And it was just crazy. So I think back then the census would have been like this big dramatic event and like a really cool plot point in this story. I I read some of in some of the research that was you guys shared that they were registering to be taxed. Did everyone know that? Because like to me, it's like I'm surprised that people are like, yeah, let's go get registered so we can get taxed. <laughs> I would be, I would be, I wouldn't be shocked if more people were avoiding it. Well, it's probably right. like either that or you get, I don't know, whipped or something. <laughs> Truth. That's that, true. Those are the times. So the stakes were probably really high. What you know? What is a good? This is feeling like a good reminder of the fact that you know the Bible, while it was you know inspirational in many ways, it was also like very practical, and it feels like. This was telling the people, you know, Luke is trying to tell the people like, hey, guys, um, really awesome story. This is Jesus' birth. Also, it's really important that you are part of the census. Yeah, (laughs) so that you should pay your taxes. (laughs) So that you pay your taxes. Mm, Or, you know, just so that we have a number, you know, we we know that you're around. Mm -hmm. We know. And can you tell us what I, I know the census is important. And I know that it's because it, it, it determines how funds, government funds, are going to be distributed in certain areas, right? Yeah, I think that's how, how it applies sort of today, right? My understanding is that um, it was to collect the taxes. So it was all based in money. But I think that we should probably also put taxes up on the board. Mm, I hate taxes. I'd love them for go- to go to jail. But well, you love bridges and roads, right? I do. I, and <laughs> On I, the especially we functioning, love <laughs> really uh, well maintained functioning bridges and roads. Yes, uh, I'm so con- You see, I'm a walking contradiction. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's what makes it interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. No, throw taxes on the board for sure. And tax collectors, up there. perhaps. I mean, we can also throw the Holy Roman Empire up on the board, too, for being, you know, so intense about tax collection. That the Joseph Roman Empire? Said, yeah. Okay. You, you're going <laughs> to you back say that it, up? I put this? it. Why not? 
All right. They're the ones collecting the taxes. Yeah. 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 Um, and do we have the emperor up there? What's his name? Oh. Jeff. <laughs> emperor Jeff? Wait, no, is it? Carini- <laughs> it's not Herod, right? It's. Um, I think it is Carinius. Carinius. Okay. Well, maybe Fact Checker can figure that out because I feel like they should go up on the board. Okay. Yeah. Now, while he's doing that, let's put Bethlehem innkeepers up on the board. And this is again, uh, Luke 2 7. And she gave birth to her first son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. From the words inn and manger in this Bible passage, nativity plays, paintings, films, and storybooks have portrayed Bethlehem innkeepers denying Joseph and Mary a room until one sympathetic innkeeper allows them to stay in a nearby stable. So these people, I mean, if I'm an innkeeper and a woman who is about to give birth mm-hmm. shows up at my hotel, right. at my inn, I'm going to I'm going to tr- do my best mm-hmm. to find a spot for her, right? I can't believe. You're going to kick out a guest? Is that what you're saying? I'm going to look around if there's like a single guy who's just sleeping on a bed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you would you poke him with your broomstick and say, "Get up." Like, hey, buddy. Hey, uh, do you mind sleeping on the couch? This woman <laughs> needs a place to stay. Yeah. And I I'm assuming she's like at this point, maybe having contractions, Amanda, you tell me they start pretty early. She must have known. They may have been, I bet they were mild, mild contractions at this point. Um, but yeah, she was probably in some pain and also like just having to walk or even, you know, I think she might yeah. may have been sitting on a donkey or a mule or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's hard on your when you're that pregnant. That's really tough. But I will also say I definitely agree. We put the innkeepers up on the board. It, it was very not gracious of them to not let her in. However, this is the census. It's like the busiest time that they've ever mm. experienced. So mm. she may have been the third, fourth pregnant woman wandering around trying mm. to get a room. That's a fair point. So, so we don't uh, know about all these other babies born in mangers because they weren't the son of God. Yeah, it's true. Wow. Mm. Good point. I mean, it, just imagine a town where, you know, just, a, well, I was going to say, imagine a town full of pregnant people walking <laughs> pregnant women walking around but then well, i'm like all right wonder. i guess well, that's just a normal town i mean it makes you wonder if if that's the case if there were a bunch of pregnant women how do we know that mary was the one who's carrying the messiah i mean it's entirely possible that one of those other uh, switched at birth are yeah, you saying that yeah like a like a jesus oopsie it's not jesus kind of situation well know, it was Chris. confirmed by something right like what confirmed that it was baby jesus I think the fact that she was a virgin. And the sure. fact that he came out with a crown, I think. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if baby Jesus had a cone head <laughs> when he it's came possible. out of the canal. <laughs> I mean, that's typical. The skull is very soft at that. And, and yeah. we don't, so there probably weren't any midwives helping her, right? There's, so so do, did Joseph do, deliver the baby? Yeah. It's either him or the ox, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's no one else there, according to, or the angel. Yeah, it was him. It was him. Or Do you think she was been... really mad at Joseph for like not thinking ahead and like making sure they had a good place to sleep and give birth? Well, her hormones. Um, interesting. You, you put the you... hormones are going crazy. I mean. <laughs> So I think that there's a lot of anger going in a lot of different Blame it directions. on the hormones. Oh, Chris. Um, uh, um, just to circle back, sorry, Caesar Augustus was the emperor of Rome oh, at okay, that time. Okay, okay. The, em- the emperor of Judea was Herod, King Herod. So it's Emperor okay. Augustus is what we're calling emperor him? Caesar Augustus. Sure, put him up Caesar, there. Caesar, okay. Now, back to what you what we were just discussing. Our, one of our listeners' suggestions was uh, Joseph. So uh, this is according to Amanda P. Monty. And Amanda says, Joseph, put them up on the board. Never let a husband plan a family vacation. If Mary would have been in charge, she'd have prepared with multiple Hotel.com reservations along the route. Uh, Mm -hmm. I guess that's true. I guess my only kind of thinking is that I don't know if that website was around back then. Mm. Right. 
Hmm. That would be my only. Well, Amanda says that it was. Amanda P. Monty says it <laughs> all right, was. All right, throw it up on the board. <laughs> no, I think that that's a good. I think that that's a good point. Joseph may have been. I don't know. He's could have been overwhelmed. He I could mean, have prepared better. I wouldn't say yes. I, I wouldn't say never let a husband plan a family vacation because I do know a lot of husbands who are very good at planning. Oh, she just turned at me and winked. That's so nice, Rebecca. I, nope. Didn't look at you. Can't um, confirm. Right at no. me, pointed at me, and can't winked. confirm. No, I don't. I didn't see her do that. I saw it. I wow, that's so weird. As, well, we don't record the video, so I guess there's no way to. Ah, <laughs> God, so tired. Um, um, well, but it, it does feel like Joseph was not the type to really plan ahead. And also, by the way, when that when we got to the first inn, if I had been there nine months pregnant with Matt and the innkeeper would have said, sorry, no rooms, Matt would have like knocked the door in and said, yes, there yeah. are rooms. Like, mm-hmm. like, like my wife is giving birth like in your closet. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Like Joseph really need to, needed to step up a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At that point. Um, is Joseph on the board yet? Yes, he is. Yeah, we just on. put him up. Um, I also want to put up too much family. So like many of us during the holidays, we're crowded by far too much family. <laughs> An updated translation of the Bible suggests that this was the case with Mary and Joseph. This is according to The Guardian. Evangelical scholar Reverend Ian Paul argues that the Greek word kataluma usually translates as in was in fact used for a reception room in a private house. An entirely different word, pandochian, pandochian, yeah. Yeah. is used to describe an inn or any other place where strangers are welcome. If even if there were there were an inn in Bethlehem, Paul argues, Joseph and Mary would not have been staying there. The only reason for them to travel to Bethlehem was for the census uh, for the census was because he had family there. And if he did, the customs of first century Palestine uh, Palestine required him to stay with relatives and not with strangers. Okay. In that context, the Cataluma, where he stayed, would not have been an inn, but a guest room in the house of the family where Joseph and Mary were staying. They could That could very well have been full with other relatives who had arrived before them. The actual design of Palestinian homes, even to the present day, makes sense of the whole story, Paul writes. Most families would live in a single room house with a lower compartment for animals to be brought in at night and either a room at the back for visitors or space on the roof. The family living area would usually have hollows on the ground filled with straw in the living area where the animals would feed. So Jesus would not have been born in a detached stable, but in the lower floor of a peasant house where the animals were kept. So interesting. Interesting. Giving us some, you know, the just uh, context and like the layout. I'm going to throw something up on the board that I think might, might, might throw some clarity on this whole thing, which is the game of telephone. Because there was the story of what actually happened. And then I think... <laughs> The writers of the Bible kept changing a little bit here, a little bit They had there. a little too much fun as in the, the writer's story room. Goes on, as the story goes on, and as you pass around that code word in that game of telephone, people are drinking, the, it gets confusing, mm. and people are drinking. suddenly we're left with a stable and an ox delivering the baby. And you know what? That can't be how it started. So let's put the game of telephone up there. Okay. And I love that. And along those lines, Chris, I think we should put God's need for a compelling narrative on the board because of course you know god predetermined all of this right he said hmm where do i want my son to be born i know bethlehem it's a charming little town it's the perfect place (laughs) um and he he was like but i want mary and joseph to have the baby so i need to get hmm how do i get them to Bethlehem. So this is all God. And he's like, also like, I I want it to be crowded because I want this like great rags to riches story of the Messiah being born in a stable, you know, because he's going to be, that just informs the whole narrative of his life. So I think we should put, yeah, God's need for a Whatever compelling story. Yeah, a compelling I'm story. story. Can I? I love that. So, I love so that God too. is like the head writer in the writer's room right. in this. Absolutely. Tip. He's the showrunner. So, yeah. So, you know what? I have another suggestion that is a cousin to that suggestion, which okay. gave me an idea, which is well, let's say that God's narrative was messy and he's okay with that. 
I think there's also the possibility that man's need for a compelling God narrative mm, is, could be could be to mm, blame. Competing okay. narratives on the board here. <laughs> yeah, God had this story, and then man is the one who played the game of telephone and shifted it around too. I mean, because yes. we just don't know uh, at the end of the day who's to blame for all this stuff. And I just think that could be a possibility. Well, let me give some uh, uh, info here to back up. Actually, Amanda's point because I, I I I totally agree. I was gonna call it to keep Jesus humble, but I think uh <laughs> I, like I think that. Amanda no, I, I like Amanda's, you know, compelling narrative uh way. Um and here uh here's some info. If God w- could impregnate Mary through divine intervention and mobilize a giant star to appeal appear in the sky, why couldn't he drum up a comfortable place for Mary to give birth? Mm. The humble story of Jesus's birth aligns with the rest of his life among those who were underprivileged, vulnerable, oppressed, rejects, outcasts, and poor. Perhaps God intended that Jesus experience a humble beginning so that he could empathize with the people who needed him most. Minister Russ Witten says, God knew that throughout history, there would be homeless people from every part of the world trying to stay warm at night who would look up at the stars and say in their heart, God, you have no idea what I'm going through. To this, Jesus could honestly say, actually, I know exactly what you're going through. And I think he would say it like, actually, I know exactly what you're going through. (laughs) Oh, my God. I, I want to was... see that movie where Chris plays <laughs> Jesus. I play God. <laughs> a teen, no, a Jesus. teen Jesus. <laughs> it's like a bratty Jesus. Um, now, I, I, we're almost running out of time. So I want to put this last bit up on the board. You know, perhaps it's all theological and not historical. This is uh, according to a Huffington Post article, HuffPost. Reza Aslan, a biblical scholar and author of Zealot, the Life and Times of Jesus of Nazareth, gives a historical perspective on the birth of Jesus. The stories themselves are not and were not never meant and were never meant to be read as literal historical account of Jesus's birth. Aslan explains they are instead a theological argument about who Jesus was. Despite the nativity narratives of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, Asan explained that it's far more likely that he was actually born in Nazareth. Though the Gospel of Matthew and Luke offer different explanations for why Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Aslan argues that their goal was to express truths about the identity of the Christ rather than to be historically accurate. Furthermore, those Gospels were written at least 60 years after Jesus' death. So what would, his birth, what would his birth in Nazareth have been like? He would have been born at home with extended family around him, Aslan said to the Huffington Post. That family, included, that family included at least four brothers and an unknown number of sisters. Probably members of the village would have helped with the birthing process. This is according to The Atlantic. Admittedly, it makes for a less compelling scene that the one... Uh, than the one most nativities capture. There's an appealing and fitting degree of vulnerability to these popular images. The holy family, huddled around a newborn, exposed to the elements, and illuminated only by the light of a bright star. The the idyllic visuals might explain why this erroneous detail stuck and was further cemented in the cultural consciousness by the lyrics of countless Christmas carols. Now, I have to say that I have watched a lot of home births on YouTube, Uh and they are also very riveting. (laughs) So I think even if Mary had had the baby at home, it still would have made for a good story. And I would like a version of the Jesus's birth with all the sort of birth details, like how dilated was she? Mm -hmm. Like, how long did she push for, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just like was Jesus breach? Did the doctor go to another right. hospital? Did she, did she get an epidural? Was did it a C-section? Did the doctor have a tunnel for that hospital? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to have like see the whole birth process. It would have been just as interesting. And they really I, do. Know, like in the store, I, I don't know much about this, but like you, it's a good point, Amanda, because it all they make it just seem like it just effortlessly happened. She just had to do it in a manger, and then it was like the focus is all on Jesus, and I guess that's appropriate. But she really gets kind of lost in the story. Other than yeah. she's the virgin who has this baby. 
I know. Yeah. And so you're like, was it a super easy birth? Was it, I, I, there must be a timeline. I'm not sure what it was, but it seemed like it was a relatively quick birth. So, I mean, good for her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but can you trust that account? It's written by, it's written you by know, men, a bunch of guys later. 60 years, 60 to 90 years later. Oh, no. <laughs> and it does feel like it does take away. It, it's, it, it, it really feeds into this narrative that, that was then, you know, uh, that continued for 2000 years later. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, don't talk, you know, women w- give birth in like a, a, a private, you know, cave like a little closed <laughs> off room right. and then just bring out the child and hand it over to the father and here it is <laughs> you know don't don't look behind the closed door yeah i know and i wonder if mary had a full face of makeup on <laughs> like a clown no <laughs> chris like for her instagram photo after like she gives birth. <laughs> no not like a mom <laughs> She waited a few weeks before she posted, I think. Yeah. I think it would have been cool if Mary was a mime and she mimed the whole damn thing. Okay. Hmm. That's that's theological for you. Glad you're glad you have me on this podcast. Um but uh, perhaps that's like uh, patriarchy a little bit. Toss the patriarchy to put... on. Yes, yeah, yeah, put it up, put it up. There's always room on this board for the patriarchy. <laughs> because honestly, it's like, oh, look at this fun story. Like he was born in a manger, but I'm sure she had PTSD from that. That is, it sounds like a pretty traumatic situation to be in. Totally. And, and thank god that it went well because if she had had some complications what was she gonna do she probably would have died we gotta we gotta move on but i just want to ask what happened what comes of mary after all this does like after jesus is born did we talk about her much oh yeah yeah she's yeah she's she's around she's around she's she's the mom (laughs) but like are there other things or she just like known to be jesus's sort of like everybody loves raymond like she lives next door to him and she comes (laughs) over and bugs him wow that's good that's good for mary she's kind of annoying but lovable you know it's it's great (laughs) no she plays it she's got a big part in uh in jesus's story yeah Yeah, she's she's around she's there for the crucifixion right that's yeah yeah that's yeah, that she's horrible. there from beginning to end, honestly. Okay. Like a good mom. But no more virgin births. I think this was the only virgin Yeah, birth. they don't talk about the brothers that um she had either either before or after. Dan Brown does in in that compelling uh story, The Da Vinci Code. That's right. Is that really? Yeah. Yeah, he talks about how uh, Jesus had a, a lineage, like there were he had oh, brothers right. and sisters. That's right, and he had children. I thought mm. I thought it was this might be a spoiler, but that he had children. He might have yeah. had kids too. He, yeah. he was uh, 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 his partner was Mary Magdalene. Oh, okay. would have been his wife. Right, his wife. I got to go on ancestry.com and just see if there's any connection there with me. <laughs> or just download that movie. It's a great movie, and you can kind of. It's probably, a good book, actually. It it's a from... you know, it's a great book to like read on an airplane. Oh yeah, I've yeah. read it and I've seen. <laughs> I've seen the movie too. <laughs> oh. um, okay, that and that's you know, unless we have anything else to put up on the board, maybe Dan Brown. <laughs> maybe uh, we can just take a little break and then start knocking things off the board. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B two B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B two B either. That's why if you're a B two B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. Okay. Who's to blame for, I guess, the baby Jesus's messy birth plan? Chaotic, maybe. Who, who's to blame for this chaotic birth of Jesus? Is it the Roman census? Taxes? Roman Empire? Roman Emperor Caesar Augustus? Bethlehem innkeepers? Joseph? Too much family? The game of telephone? God's need for a compelling narrative, man's need for a compelling God narrative, <laughs> theological versus historical, or the patriarchy. Um, uh, sorry, Clayton, but can I add something? Yes. <laughs> I know I'm putting myself in your producer's You're shoes, breaking. eyeing the clock, and I'm like tenting up. <laughs> <laughs> She's sweating. <laughs> I just, I just want to quickly add lack of birth plan, just to put on the board, so we can, when we get to it, we can discuss. That's a good point, Amanda. Lack of a plan. Yeah. And that's an alarmist favorite. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially with birth giving, you've yeah, got to have a plan. Birth plans are very in vogue right now, um, but they're not always necessary. But you should sort of know maybe location, 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 location. <laughs> Real estate and offspring. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you want to plop them out first? <laughs> Busy street. You want it to have a nice curb appeal. Back of a taxi. <laughs> Wherever you give birth, you own the land underneath where you give birth. So it's that's, really- that's right. true. That's yeah. a good important yeah. thing to remember. I own um, Glendale Adventist. Nice. <laughs> good choice. <laughs> that's going to um, rise in uh, property value. Mm-hmm. So that that actually makes me think of something like... Lack of consideration for women, too. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know that is the patriarchy a little bit, but maybe if they had a plan, they could have gotten somewhere earlier. Like, well, it's just like if she had been a priority, right? <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. yeah. If Joseph was pregnant, you know, he'd be in like the best, you know, like right. a company. They would have left two days bed. earlier. <laughs> yeah. The first to Bethlehem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they would have been on a horse, not a donkey. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. For sure. Get there fast. So what are we going to take off this list first? It feels really hard. I think Mm -hmm. we could take Joseph off. Okay. Because I don't know. I mean, he's obviously like he was older than Mary. I mean, how old was Mary? Like teens, right? Teens. Yeah. Really? Wow. I did not know. It's so fun that Clayton doesn't know anything about this. No, yeah, right. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> mm-hmm. Chris, could you find out how old Joseph was? 
I just feel like, yeah, he should have, you know, she's really vulnerable in so many ways. So now I'm kind of talking myself out of taking him out, but for (laughs) me, it's hard to pin it on just him. Right. When a lot of this stuff, if we're going off of the biblical narrative was almost predetermined. Mm. Also, historically, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Right. I'm seeing that they were actually both teenagers. Okay, that's what, uh, I thought he was older, but she was 15. He was saying 18 or 20 or something. Wow. Okay. I mean, okay. that's Google. I don't know. So that's maybe they were just like teenagers who just didn't know what the heck they were doing. Yeah. And he did successfully deliver the baby, we assume. So you've got to give him props. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> he true. He's sort of like in the column of did did a good job, did a bad job. He kind mm-hmm. of balances out at the end. I also think that we can take the game of telephone off and perhaps too much family. Do we think that was, you know, what really? Again, it's all kind of speculation, uh-huh. I guess. This is hard to, hard to <laughs> We're like, tell huh. fact from fiction here. You can't it's... really argue with God and his narrative, right? It's like yeah, a I questioning. Think we, <laughs> I think you're right. I think we got to go with God's, with the Bible narrative just for funsies yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i because also it's so rotten if her family turned her away or joseph's family like that is almost more unbelievable to me than them giving birth in a which a manger by the way is like a trough like a pig trough Mm -hmm. oh Oh. did we all know that I I guess I didn't really it's, realize. That. I always thought the manger was the barn, but I, I think that a manger is actually a trough. Like Jesus was in a little pig trough. I mean, mm. it goes goes back to the uh, compelling narrative to keep him humble, right? He yeah. was on theme. Jesus is yeah, always it's a on trough. theme. No, wow. right. It's like a trough. Yeah. So is she laying in the trough when she? Or did she put him in the manger? She's laying on the ground. Well, when you born. see the nativity scene, often Jesus is in like a little wooden trough. Yeah, like a little... Right. With oh. hay. Right? So maybe it just yeah. kind of like that's what Joseph used to catch the baby. Hmm. <laughs> to catch it, yeah. Baby's first crib. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph's first catcher's mitt. <laughs> um, okay, I love that. There's some folding in to do around the census, taxes, Roman yeah. Empire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like we could fold all of that into the emperor or fold, fold it all into the census. Yeah. I think so. I was going to fold it into the census, okay. I think. So we'll keep I, the Roman census up there. I guess when it comes to theological versus historical, I we're, we kind of have to take that off the list because we're going to go with the theological version. Mm-hmm. Right? But. Yeah. I guess it's just it was an opportunity to discuss perhaps the Symbolism. the historical inaccuracies of mm-hmm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. I'm keying in on these innkeepers. Mm-hmm. Same. And I, I'm I'm also keying in on God. I just thank you for adopting king in, which is not a phrase, but just something I said for the first time ever. Is it not? It sounds really good. I, I, I might use it forever. Has anyone ever heard that before? It just How popped else out of my mouth. How you get into your house? You key into <laughs> your house. Yeah. That's true. Maybe it is a phrase. Okay. Okay. It might be a phrase. I'm keying in. I'm keying into uh, God and also the patriarchy for the lack of birth plan. Hmm. Right, because I don't think that she Mary at this point in history couldn't be like, "Hey guys, um, mm-hmm. I just gather around. Here's my birth plan. This is what I want playing in the Was background." That Joseph's duty to come up with the birth plan at well, the time. It would have been well. The thing is, it's like a birth plan is. Spo- I think we should put something like um, the birth plan kind of goes into like a um, lack of. Um, empowerment like medical empowerment for women it's like something like that where you they don't have sort of any advocacy or something yeah i mean and just look Mm. at the whole story of mary's life she really had a lack of empowerment in her own medical decisions uh just starting out from her being impregnated yeah (laughs) i mean she did consent they did give her a choice that's true but uh, her whole story is like it, it all kind of just happened to her, right? She she doesn't have a lot of empowerment in her story. Well, that's yeah. the storytelling. 
Well, yeah. Right? We will mm. never know because we weren't there. She, should we, should we have put Luke flagged, and Matthew up on the board? she flagged down the angel Gabriel, who she saw flying around one time, and she, she's just like, hey, 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 uh, what are you doing? What's up? Uh, can you impregnate me with Jesus? <laughs> hey, I'm bored. I'm, you got anything uh, good happening? Yeah, yeah. I feel I could, like uh, I... I want to leave a mark on this world. Do something yeah, to me. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I, I doubt think... that's the virgin birth was her idea. <laughs> <laughs> I highly doubt it. I'm 15. I, you know what I feel like doing? <laughs> birth without the sex. Yeah. <laughs> Hard birth. <laughs> <laughs> Put me out in the middle of nowhere and uh, just what's the riskiest birth uh, plan? <laughs> you yeah, guys in, got? in defense of or in the opposite of defense um, <laughs> of birth plans. I had heard, you know, nowadays people come into hospitals with like these or, or, you know, where birthing centers, wherever they're giving birth with these really lengthy birth plans. And Mm. I was kind of advised, like, go in with an open mind, with zero expectations, because otherwise, this is what someone told me that once a, a woman comes in with a birth plan that's really specific, the nurses go, hey, prep, prep for a C section. Because because if you're that driven to have your birth go one way, oftentimes it can kind of backfire and Mm. you might like shut down and it might not go as well for you. Because it's not happening the way that you like envisioned it. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so so maybe it would have been worse if they had had more of a plan. And then Mm. she finds out she has to give birth in a manger. Mary stresses out, you Mm. know, and then it may not have gone as well. It's that's a really good point. And honestly, it did go well. Yeah. So she was mm-hmm. open-minded and relaxed. So we could take, maybe we take off lack of birth plan. Okay. 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 Now what we have up on the board is wrote the Roman census, Bethlehem innkeepers, God's need for a compelling narrative, man's need for a compelling mm-hmm. narrative, patriarchy, lack of medical empowerment. Now I, th- here's, this is going to be controversial, mm-hmm. but I do think we can take God off of the board. And for me, it's more man's need for a compelling God narrative. Okay. And then you were asking if we should have put the um, the apostles up on the board. I think yes. they, they kind of go into that, right? Yes, mm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Because it's written by them. Mm-hmm. So I think that, and I, I would actually make a case to just, th- just throw out this Um, I feel like we, we need to sort of come down on one side of what the story is. And we sort of earlier were talking about, let's just go with the Bible theological version. So if we're taking that at face value, I think, you know, it's less to do with who wrote it. Let's just take it at face value for what it is. So maybe we should kick out man's net need for a compelling God. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Take out. Yeah. It's, It's sort of less like we can like, maybe there's another episode about, the Bible where we talk about how the Bible got so confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Does that mean that Rebecca uh, has to read the whole Bible? Yes. That means Rebecca and our researcher, Alex have to read the entire Bible. Oh no. I Um, always go back to the numbers chapter. (laughs) Like why is the Bible so confusing? Maybe it's a different story. But I think for this instance, let's just okay. So stick we're just buying in, st- buying into out. the whole story. I guess so. We're yeah. getting rid um, of the competing narratives, but I, I like the narratives on the board. That was a fun addition. Yeah, that was fun. Now, if that's the case, then we uh, then it becomes more about the innkeepers, the census, and the lack of medical empowerment for women. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I am good with all of those things I think came into play big time in her giving birth in a barn. But I'm just like really upset at the innkeepers because those are actual people who turned them away. And that Mm -hmm. is criminal. Yes. Seems pretty unforgivable. I'm I'm with you. And I, you know, the Roman census, it's like, yeah, it was happening. But that's just like the setting. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You can't blame the Roman census. Because perhaps Joseph could have, I don't know, figured out an alternative way. Well, of... it's not like it was a surprise census, was it? Was it like, heads up, they're doing the census today. And he had to rush over to Bethlehem. Well, Good that's point. what I'm, that does make me mad at 
Joseph, Joseph. in the whole situation, yeah. um, even though I know I wanted to take him off the board. But yeah, <laughs> it is just like, what are you guys thinking? And you couldn't have like sent a note like Joseph couldn't have gone alone and like brought a right. note from like Mary's gynecologist. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> gynecologist. That said like, sorry, she can't come. <laughs> She's real. You can count her, but she couldn't come. Uh, I'm with Oregon earlier to just set up, you know, make sure that they had a place to stay, a comfortable lodging. You but know? that could all go and kind of wrap into like lack of medical empowerment mm-hmm. for women. Yeah. yeah. Um, but still, it comes down to the, I, I'm with you, Amanda. It's like, okay, he could have prepared better. The two of them could have prepared better. If she, she could have said, if she had the empowerment to do so, she could have helped. But it really comes down to the innkeepers for being so um, inhuman, which then makes me realize that perhaps that's why the Bible was necessary to, Mm -hmm. you know, open the hearts and, 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 you know, spread kindness among Mm. humankind Mm. because they were probably living in a doggy dog world, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Yeah. Wow. That was that just blew my mind. <laughs> so maybe we should thank the innkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> no, the innkeepers, for innkeepers the are the before picture of humanity. Yeah, they're they're. We the, needed Jesus to make us nicer to each other. We had an innkeeper yeah. problem before Jesus arrived, and then it was solved with <laughs> Jesus's birth. <laughs> All the innkeepers were nice, and hospitality was the focus. Well, <laughs> and that was the birth of hospitality, actually. Uh, yes, <laughs> oh, luxury hotels and vacation resorts. That's what this is all about. Oh, and now the we Hyatt. have res- resort fees to look yeah. for. Capitalism, it's capitalism. Freaking capitalism. But it, there seems to be like an insensitivity problem and a lack of empathy in, in humanity at the time. Mm. Um, perhaps it was because it was such a, a vicious time, too. You know, you it was very violent. Uh, people died early. You know, I, I'm sure that it wasn't an easy time mm-hmm. to have survived. But uh, this it just like it's very telling that in the story of the Bible, they make this a point. And even the innkeeper who lets them in is like, yeah, just go to the where the pigs. <laughs> like, he didn't yeah. like give up his own bed mm. for right. the birthing Truth. woman. Yeah. It's just I, one night. I think we got to send the innkeepers to jail would be my vote. And then perhaps, oh, med- slap lack of medical empowerment. I yeah. don't know. What do you think, you guys? <laughs> I'm sounds, on board with that. That sounds good yeah. to me, I think. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to call it. Lack of medical empowerment for women, you're getting the big slap. The Bethlehem innkeepers, you're going to the alarmist jail. All right. Wow, that was a big episode. You know, one one of the the, the biggest historical tragedies, the, the birth plan, Jesus' birth plan. What are the birthing um, centers like at the alarmist jail? Do they have yes. like baths we- and like calm lighting or or is it more of like a hospital clinical? We definitely have them. We have them for sure. <laughs> I would say they're. Uh, it, it's very calm lighting. We're we're super supportive. Um, That's and nice. It's, it, yeah, it's it's more of a. It's not hospital like where, you know, it's not um, a sanit sanitized. I mean, oh it's who's giving birth? <laughs> you don't want it sanitized. <laughs> Well, yeah. It, well, Marianne Cotton is probably going to give birth. Uh, you know, there's a there's a few people in the. Oh alarms, God! Like Keep her away from that baby, it's, though. It's, it's like <laughs> yeah, you it's want true. your birthing centers to be like a, a a seasoned cast iron pan. Like you don't ever clean them. <laughs> no, no. I was really, just saying it's you not want the uh, flavors of sanitize is the wrong <laughs> word. You, know, you mean like uh, clinical? Like there, it's yeah. not overhead lighting. Yes, yes. It's warm, and there's like yoga balls. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know. I, I birthed on my yoga ball. You actually oh, really? birthed on the yoga oh. ball? Well, no. By that point, they, they had rolled me into bed. But I was leading up, <laughs> you bounced leading into up the bed it. and you did yeah. some Yeah, I did a big bouncing? bounce and I <laughs> dismounted. I feel Dismount lighter. baby. Oh, yeah. If only Mary had had a yoga ball. Yeah, that would have really been oh, comfortable. We you missed had to the do yoga it on a bale of hay. Yeah, yeah, that's not cool. No. Not cool. Amanda, we love you and we couldn't have done this episode without you because you literally are an expert in not just the Bible, 
but in birthing. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me. It was so good to be back. I've missed I you know. all. We miss you too. Now get back to feeding the Messiah and uh, <laughs> take care of that Messiah. <laughs> That's right. And we will see you soon. After Jesus's birth, Jesus grew up to be one of the greatest early influencers of his generation. His status as an icon and martyr was sealed when he was crucified for the sins of mankind, then, according to sources, resurrected. Thus, the new religion of Christianity was born, and along with it, another major holiday, Easter. During his life, Jesus was said to have advocated for the poor and marginalized, groups that most Romans and Jewish elite did not hold in any regard. His life and work have been studied endlessly by scholars, historians, and Christians. While there are many unverifiable facts, there are two hard facts which we know to be true. One, that Jesus was Jewish and led a popular Jewish movement in Palestine. And two, that he was crucified by the Romans. Much like his birth, every account of his life was written by someone who never actually knew him. you think is to blame by going to thealarmistpodcast.com. Follow us at the alarmist the on Twitter, at the alarmist podcast on Instagram, or email us at thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing Mariah Carey's disastrous 2016 New Year's Eve performance. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.